I told dang, I'm sorry. <laughs> I told him, I says, I haven't had a chance to worship in first service in a while. I'll give y'all context. And uh, they went crazy. But how good is it to have the freedom to worship in the house of the Lord? It really is. It's fun to worship with you guys. You know, uh, this isn't part of my message. I just want to say, like, freedom is for this next generation. Um, it's funny to see. I didn't know how to worship like our students do at their age. So to have an opportunity and a place for this generation to learn what it looks like to be just fully enveloped in the presence of the Lord is awesome. So usually we take a moment to say thank you during our offering, but I'm going to say thank you right now um, because I am the Generational Ministries pastor here. My name is Braden Smith, if I haven't had a chance to meet you. So getting to watch like students dance in the presence of the Lord is a beautiful thing. And you guys, literally you guys make that possible. It just, yeah, I'm not going to cry. You're going to cry. That's for you guys. <laughs> So, <laughs> give me a second. It's good. So, we are in a series called Be Radiant. Pastor Mike opened this up for us last week uh, during the 4th of July. How many of you guys were here last week? How many of you guys were at the lake last week? Yeah. Sunburns peeling well? No? <laughs> Cool. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, <laughs> so we're in a series called Be Radiant right now. And usually we would have something called a Be Radiant Serve Day. Pastor Mike touched on this last week. where this We would have a day out of the year, usually a Saturday in July, where we would just go and we would minister to our community through random acts of kindness. Whether it was we built a deck for some lady one year, or a wheelchair ramp, I'm sorry. We've spread mulch in parks. We've... Thank you, guys. We fixed bikes. Yeah, I didn't get much sleep last night. I'll tell you guys in a second. And we've done a lot as a reality um, during these Be Radiant surveys for our communities just to spread the, the joy and the hope of the Lord through those simple acts. We decided this year to kind of change up the program a little bit and that we are going to do it over the course of a month. So this Be Radiant series is about how do we do that for our community? How do we encourage them? What does it look like for us to just go out and be salt and light to the earth? What does it look like for us to, to really push the plow forward? So this Be Radiant series is going to be about that. Pastor Mike last week talked about how do we be a neighbor and what does it look like to really love our neighbors? And this week, we're going to be answering the question, how do I serve and I want to kind of jump this um, right now. Like, we are not going to be talking about, like, how do I serve the church? Like, not, not inside the four walls serving. This is like, how do I go into the community and serve my community well? So I don't want, I don't want us to get confused as to what this looks like. And even, like, in this moment, when I, I was writing this message and asking the Lord, like, how do we serve well? What does it look like for us to you know, make sure that we're doing a good job? What does it look like for us to make sure that people see the work that we're doing? What does it look like for us to kind of like, you know, beautify this city for your namesake? And I was sitting at my computer screen for hours, and I'm just like thinking, God, like how, how do we do this? How do we serve well? And I'm, I'm, I'm like literally trying to force a message out of myself. 
And do you guys ever feel like that happens? Like sometimes like the Holy Spirit asks us to do something. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to try to figure it out before he actually gives me what I need. That was this. <laughs> and then I'm sitting here. I'm in my bed, actually. It's midnight. And I'm asking the Lord, like, how do we do this? Because I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how to do this from my source. Like, how do I write this message? What are the verses that I need? And the Lord gave me nothing until midnight. It was like, it was a Saturday, I think, at midnight. And he just, like, downloads the whole message. I'm like, I'm trying to sleep, God. And I just realized in the moment, like, our service is not from our source. So Acts 10, 38, this is our series um, text. It says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. I'm not gonna dive too much into this because we talked about it last week, but Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit too. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So instead of serving better, what does it look like for us to serve with Christ at the center? We're gonna be answering that question, how do I serve with that context in mind? It's not how do I do the task better. Excellence is certainly something that we wanna strive for. We want the things that we do to matter. We want them to be impactful. But if all we're doing is striving from us as source, we've missed an opportunity to have a deeper impact. So it's not how do I serve better. It's serving with Christ at the center. Now, oftentimes we think of, at least when I was, I'm thinking through like serving our community and it kind of like started to well up a little bit of anxiety because if you know me, you know that I don't know how to like build things really well. I'm not the most like, um, I'm not very handy. That's just how we'll say it. So like the thought of, and some of you guys are, I know that farewell, but I'm, I'm sure like I'm not the only person in the room who doesn't know how to build a wall. Um, I don't know. And I learned at Sycamore on Friday. Anyways, um, some of us would get anxiety because it's like, man, I'm not good enough. Like I don't have what it takes to do construction work. I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to change a car tire. So how am I gonna do that for somebody else if I can't even do it for myself? We don't feel equipped. We don't know how to help. Some of us are like, I don't even know who to help. Like, where do I start? How, I, I don't know how to find people to help. Or how do we get started? What are the materials that I need? What are the, you know, the, the things that I truly need to serve somebody well? Like, do I have to buy lumber? Do I have to, you know, figure out how to pay for somebody's groceries? Like, how do I do that? And some of us, we just simply feel disqualified. And if you feel disqualified this morning, I want you to know that the Lord can use you. It's by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So our testimony has impact. So don't let the enemy tell you that you are disqualified because you are not. So how do we serve with Christ at the center? How can I serve? So I'm thinking through this and the Lord tells me, he says, the first thing that you need to know when it comes to serving, if you are not the source, I am. So we serve out of our identity. Matthew 3, 16 tells us this. It says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son. So before Jesus ever does a miracle, 
before Jesus makes himself known to the public, the Lord tells him, reminds him of his identity. Before he ever does an act of service, God says, this is my son. How many times do we try to do an act out of ourself instead of first listening to the Lord say, hey, you're mine first? It's not about performance. It's not about doing the best. If you know me, you know I'm a competitive person. Um, and this one hit me home pretty hard because it's like, I need to know that I'm a son first before I ever try to go show anybody that they have value. Because if I don't know what true value looks like, how do I communicate value? So this is my son whom I love. And with him I am well pleased. So Jesus, Jesus finds out, he's reminded. Jesus is reminded that he is a son of God, that he is loved, and that the Lord is well pleased with him before he ever touches anything, before he ever transforms anything, before he ever, like before Jesus even takes the cross, before he does the very thing that he was sent to the earth to do, He's reminded who he is and the fact that the Lord is well pleased with him. So when we talk about serving our community, I want us to know that we do that from a place of knowing who we are first. Because if we attempt to work out of ourselves, out of our source, we'll burn ourselves up. So when I first came on staff here, uh, if you guys know part of my story, you know I was extremely broken before I came to church. Um, again, when I found the Lord and he taught me about who I am, he like radically shifted my idea of self. And I didn't know what it looked like to work out of the Lord to truly have this idea that the work that I'm doing is for the Lord, but he's the one who ultimately controls the outcome. It was foreign to me to think that because I'm just used to working. You know, you do the work, you get it done, you're the source, you make sure, like, you clock in nine to five, you don't leave until the job gets done kind of stuff. But when we start to see God as the one who ultimately, care, like, he cares more than we do. So he wants to make sure that this next generation knows Jesus. He wants to make sure that your marriage is healed. He wants to make sure that you know that you are a son or daughter before we get to start anything. So we serve out of our identity because when we know who we are, when we know what it looks like to let the Lord lead, we can have a much greater impact. So when we go to serve our community, how do we know to be salt and light if we've never picked up the torch or if we've never spent time with the Lord and learned what it looks like to be a little salty? <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> you guys took that wrong. <laughs> How do we, but I mean, seriously, how do we bring flavor? How do we bring thirst to an environment? How do we bring hope to people that are hurting if we don't know what hope is? So we have to know what our identity is because we serve out of that. We don't serve out of a force. We don't serve because we are labored. We don't serve because like the father is saying, hey, if you do this, then I will love you because that's not how it works. The enemy wants you to think of the enemy. I'll tell you this. The enemy will drive you into service so that he will burn you out. And if you don't know who you are as a person, you, like, you're destined for burnout. So we have to know who we are before we ever try to do all the tasks, before we ever try to master anything. Because when the Lord teaches us about who we are, then we know life, we know freedom. The Bible says that 
It was for freedom that Christ had set us free, so we must stay free. God is not, God is not looking for your labor as your source of achievement. God is not looking for you to serve simply that so you are glorified. He wants to love you first, and he wants to remind you of your identity before you're ever sent. So when we go to serve, make sure that I know who I am. Make sure that I have spent time with the Lord because when we serve from a place of freedom, when we serve from a place of identity, love flows naturally. When we know who we are, then we know how to love. So it says, and I can't remember the scriptures, so y'all can't like get mad at me. Um, love your neighbor as yourself. In order to love your neighbor, you have to know how to love yourself first. It says as yourself. So if I know how to love myself, sweet, then I can love my neighbor. But if we don't know what it looks like to love ourselves, we need to find our identity first. We need to learn what the Lord says first. And it's all throughout his scripture. So I'm not gonna go through, I'm not gonna list a bunch of stuff today, but what I am gonna encourage you guys to do is when we serve our community, do it from a place of identity. Because free people, free people. In order, in, 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 the simple task is mowing somebody's lawn. The simple task is just simply getting to pay for somebody's gas or buy groceries. Or it's getting to walk somebody's dog. I'm gonna get ahead of myself. Anyways. All we have to do is show up. When we know our identity, all we have to do is show up. Have the conversation. Take the time to act like you truly care. Because the seed has been planted. We don't always have to try to force the seed into the ground. The seed has been planted, but God brings the growth, right? So it's, it's the Paul and Apollos thing. It's, I planted the seed, and Apollos watered the seed, but God brought the growth. So how many times is us just having conversation with people at a gas pump planting a seed? Not having to force it into the ground, not having to reveal to them the things of heaven, but being powered by his Holy Spirit. Paul said that he came not demonstrating an eloquence of speech, but demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit. So how do we, as humans, serve out of a place of knowing that we don't have to scatter all this multitude of seed? We've just got to have intentional conversations because the idea of being radiant is doing for one that which you wish you could do for all. So how do we be intentional with planting seed? Because if we go throughout our day having 100 conversations but taking two seconds to have it, we've missed the point. When we go through our day having two conversations that last 10 minutes, that's when life change, that's when life change happens. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to be our source, to be the one who guides us, that's when normal conversation begins to change lives. We have to know the Holy Spirit as our source. We have to serve out of the place of our identity. We serve out of our faith. So James 2 says this, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing for them, 
or does nothing about their physical need, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by actions, is dead. But some will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. James is saying like, what good is it if we try to jam scriptures down somebody's throat? What good is it if all we do is pray for them? What good is it if, if we don't meet the needs of a person? Like, because I'm sure we can all think we've seen the person sitting on the corner before begging for food. Instead of thinking, oh, well, they've probably eaten 10 times today and I'm sure they have enough money to buy, Pastor Mike talked about this last week, to buy like the super fancy car. What if we just assume, hey, they just need a meal? What if our conversation is different than the 10 conversations they've had that day? What if us providing them a meal is the meal that changes their life? If all we do is speak, we miss an opportunity to truly serve. You know, I tend, I tend to like to speak um, a lot, and I don't listen very well. <laughs> Kylie's told me this. Um, I listen to answer, not to uh, just listen to understand. So what does it look like if we listen to understand somebody's story, to spend the time to be truly dug deep into a moment and not just try to preach a message and then move on without your day so that you feel good. Because if we feel good but nothing was accomplished for the kingdom, what was really done? And I'm not trying to convict you guys this morning. I, like This is supposed to be a lighthearted message. But um, the Holy Spirit can certainly do things through us that we like would never fathom. I'm literally, that is my story. Somebody took time out of their years, like not just months, but out of their years to pour into me. Pastor Michael is, Pastor Michael and there's a, a few other key people that are, I'm only up here because of them. And if all they had done was give me a good message, I'd probably be in jail. But they said, hey, Braden, Jesus is for you. So what does it look like for us to meet the physical need? Serving out of our faith calls things into the natural that otherwise would not be. So Jesus feeding the 5,000, I'm just gonna read a portion of this real quick and it's not gonna come up on the screen behind you because I didn't give them this one. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need to do something and you just do it. <laughs> Um, so Jesus has a really long day. He's, you know, finds the, that John the Baptist was beheaded. He's had a treacherous time. And Jesus is going to retreat. He's going to go and spend some time with the Father more than likely. And as he's going away, this crowd of people runs around and says, we want to spend time with Jesus. We need to be with you. And instead of Jesus saying, I'm late to work or I need to go to bed because I have to get up early the next day, Jesus says, or it says that Jesus had compassion on them and healed their sick. Jesus had the faith to know what it looks like 
to take time with people. And so they go on about the day and he's healing and the disciples are like, hey dude, you need to go to bed. It's like a desolate place. Like, let's go somewhere else so that we can go. He says, send these people away so that they can buy their own food. We know the story. And then Jesus says, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they fed a a bunch of people. But what I want us to understand here is there's, there's a couple things. One, we don't know the exact number. It was probably about 20,000 people that were fed in this moment, all from a lunch. But Jesus, Jesus took it and he blessed it. He prayed. He didn't just assume, hey, I have the strength to do this. He said, Father, I want your input first. I need you so that I can. If Jesus says that, why don't we? And what Jesus does is a miracle because he takes that fish and he breaks it the bread, and he distributes it. They feed 20,000 people, and that was incredible. It was a huge miracle. But what if all Jesus could have done was feed one person in that crowd? You think he still would have done it? He would have absolutely done it. Jesus would have taken the time to feed that one person because it's what would have been supplied in the natural But Jesus saw the opportunity to work a supernatural miracle. And he said, God, take what I have here in my natural sense and do something supernatural with it. And he gave people a meal. You know, how many times do we get caught up in the fact that I only have $10 in my wallet? What's a coffee gonna do for that person? What's it gonna be if I really buy them another milkshake? What's it gonna be if I mow their lawn? What's it like, God, what are you gonna do with that? Who knows? Who knows what God could do if we simply step out in faith and say, Lord, I want what you have, not what I can produce. When we serve out of a place of faith, what we say is, God, I need you to move in this moment because what I have will not supply what we need. When we serve from a place of faith, we are saying, God, the blood that you shed through your son speaks a better word, so speak it in this moment, please. We don't have to beg. We don't have to like, we don't have to scream. All we have to do is be a vessel. So what does it look like for us to serve out of our faith? What does it look like for us to say, God, what you have is greater than I could ever imagine, whatever I could ever think, what I even know to pray for, you have a better word than that. Jesus fed 5,000 people. 20,000-ish or so. So what does it look like for us to trust Jesus with our acts of kindness? How does our one moment with somebody impact? Guys, because who knows? The person that you might be preaching to or speaking with or feeding could be the next Billy Graham. And I'm not saying that we're looking for our glory. I'm not saying that everybody's gonna be like that. But what if all that it is is that person is fed for the day and they could have died if they didn't get it? What if all it is is that person doesn't have the ability to mow their lawn and you listening to the Holy Spirit and him telling you to mow their lawn is the only way that lawn was gonna get mowed? What if us just like walking around downtown and just talking to people? Like, what if 
those simple conversations are seed planted that we didn't even know we were sowing. You know, when the Holy Spirit speaks through us, he does so much more than we could ever imagine. It's even like in this moment, I'm speaking one word, but what the Holy Spirit is doing, he's speaking 300 and some different words. So when we speak one word to a person, when we do one task for a person, how much greater can the Holy Spirit use that task? We serve out of our yes. So this is where the rubber really starts to meet the road, I guess, if you will. Because we have a choice. We can say yes, or we can say no. We can say, I'll do that task, or we can say, I don't have time. We can say, I'm ready, willing, and able, or I'm tired. We can say, God, send me, or God, keep me comfortable. One of my favorite things, and I even get afraid to say this sometimes, but one of my favorite things is being stretched by the Lord because I know that growth is on the other side of it. It's painful in doing some things, like even in ministry, like, I don't have this super huge background of, you know, eloquent yada yada, but what I do have is the Holy Spirit. So to be like, to be even up here with you guys sometimes is like, dang, there's people in the room that like are probably so much more educated than I am. But I trust the Holy Spirit to do a work through me. So what does it look like for us to use our yes to advance the kingdom? We serve out of our yes We serve out of the fact that I am finally okay and ready and willing and able to do this. I don't know your story. I don't know what your hurdles are in this moment. I don't know how busy you are. But how do we be like the Good Samaritan? And how do we slow down? How do we inconvenience ourselves so that somebody else has a chance to encounter the love of the Father? This is an intentional month of us just simply saying, God, I want to be used by you. Send me, I will go. So there's a couple ways that we can do this. There's going to be some ways come up on the screen behind me. I'll take a picture. There it is. You quick. Um, Take a picture of this real quick. Because this this is just a simple thought. Like we took some time as a staff and compiled a list I got told to tell you guys you can't walk my dog. <laughs> Last service I said, like, we have a, we have a German short-haired pointer, and uh, she's crazy, and anybody who wants to walk my dog, like, we would welcome that way too many. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, y'all, you can't walk my dog. Um, <laughs> but what you can do is you can buy gas for somebody. You can deliver flowers to a nursing home. How cool is it? How cool to think Somebody that hasn't received flowers in decades gets flowers from a stranger. What door does that open up? So if you lead a community group this month, here's my challenge. Um, Find something for your group to do. Ask the Holy Spirit, what is one thing my group can do this month? Ask your friend group, how can we impact our area? How can we change our community through one act of kindness? This is not do 20, 30, 40, 50 things. It's do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do because if he leads you, it will be impactful. 
There's one more thing that I w- it's going to pop up on the screen. There's a QR code for something called Repair Jackson. This is an initiative that Alex Conklin here in the church is starting. And it's basically a day for you to just go and help paint fences, to go and fix plumbing problems, to go and move dirt, um, to go and do construction things. Uh, it's going to be next Saturday. So if you want to be a part of that, if you're like, I don't know what to do, I don't know how to start, that's a good place to start. It's going to be next Saturday, so she is asking that if you want to do that, please sign up today because she has to go out and buy materials and she has to go out and uh, get all that set up because it is next weekend. So there's a huge list of stuff to do, and then there's a map outside these doors. So the map that we used for Water the City that we wrote names on and that we uh, said we're praying for people or this area, that map out there is available and there's stickers and Sharpie markers. And here's what we're asking for. If you do something, if your random act of kindness is buying groceries, put it on one of those little arrows and just stick it on that map. This is not us trying to boast or to brag because only Jesus gets to do that. But what it is, is it's, it's inspiring. When we do one random act of kindness, if it inspires one other person to do one more random act of kindness, hey, we've done something. If one of us can put a 1,000 to flight, right? So what does it look like for us to put 10,000 to flight? So I would encourage you guys, as you go through and you do those tasks, fill out one of those arrow stickers. Stick it on that map. Pray over it. Holy Spirit, you know what that moment had entailed for. You were there. You let it. So the, the question is, how do I serve my community this month? Whether serving your community is new or you've done it a hundred times, when we serve out of knowing who we are and we understand what the Lord can do with our faith, our yes becomes that much more impactful. So I want us to do this real quick. Let's bow our heads real fast. And for some of you, you've been having an idea floating around in your head this entire message, but you're scared to do it. The Lord will meet you right where you're at. But can we just ask the Lord, what does it look like for me to serve my community this month? Father, I thank you for our time spent together this morning. Would you empower us, Holy Spirit, to go and to serve our community? Would you show us what it looks like to be radiant every day? And Father, would you teach us what it looks like to be salty? In Jesus' name.